One of the hottest segments of the U.S. auto market is trucks and SUVs. And while they're perceived to be gas guzzlers, they're getting a lot more fuel efficient. On this week's show, we dive into how Fiat Chrysler is converting to hybrids. Underwriting for the production of Autoline this week has been provided by Borg Warner. The world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. We create innovative mobility technologies that reduce energy consumption and emissions while improving performance. Our proven track record has made us an industry leader in forward-looking propulsion solutions for combustion, hybrid, and electric vehicles. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week. You know, in the automotive industry right now, we're seeing a tremendous change as consumers seem to be walking away from passenger cars and going more to crossovers, SUVs, and trucks. Some people are worried that we're going to burn a lot more gasoline as a result of that, but maybe not, because Fiat Chrysler is doing an amazing job of turning its trucks and Jeeps into hybrids. We're going to get into more details with that because we've got the expert on this. Brian Spahn is an engineer at Fiat Chrysler. He's also called internally the father of e-torque at FCA. And Brian, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you, John. Also joining us are Bob Gritzinger, an industry analyst with Ward's Intelligence, and Jack Keebler with Keebler Auto. And great to have the both of you guys here, too. Thanks, John. Good to be here, John. Brian, so much to talk about. Let's get into it. Uh, I've called it a hybrid. You guys are calling it e-torque. But in a nutshell, what is e-torque? Well, e-torque is uh, an extension of our conventional powertrain systems where we take the, the gasoline engine and the eight-speed automatic systems that we have and we extend them in the ability to use a 48-volt electric uh, battery pack and motor generator unit to extend their functionality for the propulsion of the vehicle. So this is uh, an electric motor that, what, is attached to the engine by a belt? Yeah, we have modified the front cover of the engine and uh, the accessory drive system to be bi-directional in the ability to put torque from the engine into the motor and, and both uh, the other way around. Very good. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, again, not adding power necessarily. You're not gaining horsepower and torque but it's seamlessly working with the engine. Yeah, so let's talk through that a little bit. Yeah. The, the, the system is, uh, is somewhat supplementary to the, the engine performance, and we go through that in a number of customer experiences that uh, we describe in the eTorque system. And uh, in that uh, first customer uh, experience is, is auto-stopping the engine. That, uh, that is where uh, we ultimately take the, the engine and from what would be in our Hemi application about a uh, half a gallon an hour worth of fuel consumption and uh, in, in a 90 second type of uh, auto stop duration, you'd save you know, about this amount of fuel. Hmm. And uh, you know, it doesn't seem like that much, but it, as you add them up, uh, you know, 10 auto stops per day on average, it's, it's a real savings that, uh, that we would ultimately yield from that. And that's just from auto stops alone. So, so when you come to a red light, a stop sign, the engine shuts off to save fuel, and you're saying over the course of a day you'd save... I don't know, almost half a water bottle worth of gas. Yeah, you can see that that will add up, this being about the equivalency of 90 seconds worth of fuel savings here. 
Oh, that's just 90 yeah, seconds? That's, that's just one stop. Yeah, about 1.7 fluid ounces yeah. would be saved. In and he said seconds. you do about 10 of those a day. On so average. you're saving a, a fairly a significant fuel. amount yeah. of gasoline. That's right. Yeah. And just that's from just the from the start. auto stop-start yeah. functionality. And, mm -hmm. of course, that's, that's one of the areas where, you know, a lot of fear exists within the, the product line with, you know, it's going to just stall on me. And that's mm -hmm. one of the, the unique features that the system allows us to to mitigate with the additional power and, and torque of the system is both on the auto stop of the vehicle and the auto starting component of the vehicle, the electric motor assists the engine in a real-time optimized speed profile to give you that smooth, uh, seamless integration that uh, is, is one of the, the improvements that the eTorque system offers. I mean, the system, I mean, one of the beauties of the system is how transparently it operates. It adds an additional level of refinement to, the, to what's already a refined powertrain, you get very smooth stop-start, and then you also get on the highway. This the 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 electric motor can also participate and add power. Yeah, so let's talk through that a little bit. If we talk through, you know, the first uh, auto start uh, of the day, you know, after the auto stop savings, that that first auto start uh, is is again real real time managed through that uh, start profile, and that e-roll assist is where we offer the hundred and 30 foot-pounds of torque on the Hemi and 90 foot-pounds of torque on the Pentastar applications, the, the ability to then move that into the, the first 70 milliseconds as it is looking at the brake pedal and the accelerator pedal, we can anticipate the need for motion and uh, use that to then, in 70 milliseconds, uh, put that uh, torque to the engine and then start the process of accelerating it. So the real gain is, is at that start uh, that launch, that, first that launch initial component. acceleration, and uh, you know, as you described to me, two blinks of an eye. Yeah, so in about and, and you're 400 milliseconds, we, we do what we refer to as a knee roll assist to the product, and we move that then from accelerating the engine to now putting the torque all the way to the wheels. Mm -hmm. And so in about the length of the human eye, to blink, blink of an eye, we've got torque to the wheels and we start the then transition to initial roll of the, the tires. So most of what this is doing, it does in the first, say, 1,500 RPM range? That's right. And, and in the, the turbocharged applications, that's another place where we have a little bit of a turbocharged fill in mm -hmm. uh, the 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 Wrangler product in the naturally aspirated systems, we, we move through that zone quickly as the engine comes to, to torque and then provides the initial acceleration. Now also product. on the highway when you're doing things like you're running very lean and you're doing cylinder deactivation, you can also torque smooth by adding a little power from yeah, the electric so motor? Let, let's get through the acceleration portion first because we do some more in that phase okay. as well. Uh, so as we're, we're accelerating the product, uh, we have the ability with the DC to DC converter to then manage the electrical loads of the vehicle with the actual torque generation of the motor. And that real-time optimization of the product is, is one of those places where we, we earn a little bit more efficiency as well as each shift that we go through through, we have the opportunity to use the electric motor to help move the, the engine down in speed, recuperating a little energy across each shift and improving the shift quality and, and shift time for those. So then at uh, cruising speeds, that's, that's a place where we get a lot of value uh, that's kind of a hidden so place So this is highway, how fast are we traveling when this happens? Well, anytime you're doing a steady state cruising, so, you know, at 35 miles an hour or at 70 miles oh, okay. an hour, we, we would have the ability to extend the operation of our cylinder deactivation in the Hemi 
uh, product through the use of uh, the tune mass modules in the engine or on the frame rail to right, support right. the engine vibration as well as the active noise cancellation to mitigate the, the noise that's generated there. We've been able to expand that uh, operational that, range of the engine. That for MBS efficiency. range. The, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and altogether, it adds up to uh, uh, two miles per gallon, three miles per gallon, yeah. depending on depending the Depending on the application, we claim about a 10% uh, improvement in uh, fuel savings uh, with the product in a two mile per gallon composite label enhancement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now I should emphasize for some of those in the audience who think maybe two miles per gallon is not that much. That's hard to achieve, uh -huh. oh, yeah. a couple of miles yeah. per gallon improvement. Yeah, in city driving with a truck that gets 17 miles per gallon, quick, Jack, you're the mathematician. <laughs> I, mean, what, I mean, ask yourself what you'd have to do in terms of vehicle weight savings to achieve the same kind of fuel economy. Right. You'd, right. you'd have to build an aluminum pickup truck. Perhaps. Well, in fact, I'm glad you brought that up because, Brian, I'm fascinated that we've got, you know, Ford F-150, Chevrolet Silverado, the Ram pickup, Three trucks facing the same market, same kind of buyers, same regulatory uh, uh, requirements. requirements. Right. Three different strategies. Right. Ford to Jack uh, point, all aluminum truck, downsized V6 with, uh, turbo. with a turbo. General Motors, mixed use of materials to get weight reduction. All kinds of different powertrains, including a turbo four. And uh, what they call dynamic fuel management, you know, yeah, where you can get a V8 to run on as little as two cylinders. Mm -hmm. right. And now here comes FCA, you know, with this e-torque system. Why did you guys, as you evaluated everything, settle on e-torque? I mean, you guys weren't the electrification company uh, <laughs> you are years now, ago. Yeah. But, now. but you are now. You're, you're going to sell more hybrids than anybody else. Yeah, it's... Yeah. it's uh, that's a very proud thing for us is, uh, you know, making the right decisions for our customers really came as a, as a set of objectives, right? Mm -hmm. And those objectives for us were to take our, our current product with, with the loyalty that we have achieved in the, the product line and maintain that with, with a recipe that's been successful and enhance that with the C-Torque system being the, the solution that offered us the best uh, opportunity for fuel savings and value to the customer. And, uh, talk and a, can you talk a little bit about where that extra energy is coming from? I mean, we've talked a little bit so far about how it gets added in during the stop-start and during the XL, and then a little bit when you're cruising. But where is that energy coming from? Right. How, are you, how are you recapturing so, that? So the, of the six objectives, the last two is exactly where the, the majority of that comes from. The, the fact that uh, in deceleration, when there's no uh, request for the vehicle to, to, to make throttle lift off, yep. throttle lift off uh, that's a place where the electric motor can then opportunity charge, where we take the, the, the fuel savings techniques that were associated with the valve train, our two-step lift and uh, enhanced variable cam timing type operation, and we reduce the throttling pumping losses of the system to then offer that back to the electric motor as an opportunity to, to coast recover energy. And then in the braking side, we uh, look at the electric brake pedal or the, the conventional brake pedal for a full range mm. travel sensor and we blend in initially before the friction gets involved the ability to recover energy so that the perception is when you put your foot on the brake it's a very confident brake feel so it, and uh, we get pure regen off that initial so braking. If I understand you right uh, at liftoff you're already starting some sort of mild regen that's right, right? and then you're saying you, bl you then blend 
electric regen in with the friction brakes. Yeah, so ahead of the friction brakes and then yeah. as well as while the brakes are, are uh, on as well. So and we do that to about uh, 10 miles an hour as you decelerate. Okay. And then we blend that out as a ability to then use the friction braking in the last portion of the deceleration to, to maintain that uh, conventional brake field. And that's for, where all the electrical energy that is being used to drive the truck, that, that gets recaptured during this regen cycle. A good portion of it certainly comes from that. Okay. Uh, you know, if you drive uh, over the highway for an extended period of time without that uh, acceleration and deceleration phase, that's a place where we use the, the electric motor and the DC to DC converter in the system to, to enhance the what is the parasitic loss that would be associated with like an alternator. And then we can smart charge the system by pushing the engine to a, a, light, a slightly more efficient zone. And then at times uh, the system is truly being powered by the 48 volt battery without the, the use of the, the engine or the electric motor because the, the switching losses there may be more inefficient than simply letting the electric battery power the system directly. Speaking about efficiency, I mean, you can restart your truck at a stoplight with this motor generator system. Is that correct? That's correct. Why are you still retaining a starter motor in your mm -hmm. truck? Why not get rid of that? That They're heavy. I mean, I've changed a few. Mm -hmm. um, why not get rid of the starter motor so, altogether? So there's a number of reasons for that. One, one is, uh, you know, complementary technologies. And uh, we still have a 12-volt battery type system uh, mm -hmm. in the non uh, e-torque based products. And that uh, that conventional architecture is is there already to accommodate the starter. Co accommodate the you know like the mm -hmm. 30 day stand time of the product you know to to allow it to recover and maintain that with with the vehicle still alive you know for remote start purposes that type of thing. Uh, but as well the the 48 volt lithium ion battery uh, was right sized to operate in a region where providing the proper amount of power and recoverability uh, was was at the right price point. So mm. that uh, optimization was really the key to, to that balance so that we didn't put a lot of additional cost in the product to support extremely low temperature operations, for instance. Mm -hmm. Brian, I'm told that if the battery is fully charged in D-cell, then you guys can use the electricity to... Uh, to cool down? That's you right. explain so, it. So I, the best way to describe it is much like your, uh, uh, your bill at home, right? There's off-peak and on-peak time for, for using your air conditioner. Well, much like uh, that in our product, uh, while we're recovering energy in the system, uh, we can use a smart cooling uh, overcool type strategy that uh, allows us to, to take some of that energy off the the recovered uh, motor generator unit, and rather than putting it in a battery to then recycle it, we simply overcool for a moment the powertrain system in those those situations. So you run the fan faster, or right? Something exactly. Like that? You move the radiator fan to a higher operating point to uh, recover that uh, that behavior, which allows us to then, when we come to an auto stop, uh, get up to those 10-minute auto stop durations that the product can can deliver in ideal conditions. And the whole the whole module that's powering this and the RAM is in the in the rear bulkhead of the cab, right? And, right. There's and two modules in there. So in the in the battery pack itself, which is a little bigger than a you know conventional size suitcase, right, is 12 lithium ion battery pack cells, mm -hmm. uh, and a DC to DC converter, the device that moves the 
the 48 volt battery electrical right. uh, voltage down to the conventional 12 volt system voltage. And uh, the cooling fans that are internal to that are, are in that box, as well as the, uh, the control module that manages its state of charge and all of the diagnostic functionality for it. And everything's built right into that rear bulkhead without intruding on the cabin space. That's right. right. So we took advantage of the redesign of the product where on the, the passenger side of the vehicle there's a there's a subwoofer for the high-end audio systems and uh, much like the same spot on the other side now has a cavity in the the non-electrified product we have used that as the place for that so truly there is no uh, customer loss of function in the interior space of the product. Brian, when I've talked to uh, powertrain people at GM and Ford and asked them, what about doing a 48-volt system? They said, eh, that's better for Europe, that it's better suited to that. Why did you guys use it here in the U.S.? Well, for us, we found that uh, this was the ideal uh, operating conditions for us. It, it provided us the enhanced value that, uh, that we were able to offer in the fuel savings department with the, the minimal amount of cost and uh, you know, maintaining of the, the standard product content that uh, we, we're so proud of. You also got like a cable size reduction and things like that, so lower mass. Well, in, in our system, it's a common grounded system, and the power electronics are on board on the electric motor generator, reducing the, the, the number of connections, and uh, that up integration opportunity allowed us to, to produce a very minimal uh, vehicle impact at uh, about 90 pounds of a, a weight increase uh, for all these hybrid electronic components uh, to get this 10% improvement. So, so I don't know whether we talked about them, but there's three of these systems now. You have one on a two-liter Jeep Wrangler. You've That's got a, a V6 version, and you've got a V8 version. That's right. And they're the all range. different sizes, and they actually, I was surprised to find out they're all different configurations, too. Right. Very specific to the application. They're uh, specifically altered to uh, accommodate the challenges of the, the Ram and the Wrangler individually right. for, uh, for their use, and that offered us the ability to then have, uh, you know, a, a, it's an element of complexity challenge, but right. at the same time, it's, uh, it's a key ourselves honest with each other with uh, we have competitiveness and how to do things and a lot of lessons learned that uh, pro provide uh, you know an element of contrast between each system it's uh, optional with the the v8 hemi it, right. as my understanding it's yeah. uh, standard on the pentastar v6 what, what about the the two liter engine so in the two-liter engine in the Wrangler system, that, that's another standard uh, place for, for the product. So we, we've introduced uh, these systems uh, in the North American uh, design space with uh, base powertrain is, uh, is a commitment to this technology. Why standard on the two-liter in the V6 and optional on the V8? Well, it, I think it comes down to, uh, you know, there's some trust that exists within the product, and do you want to go that far? And in our high-volume application, it offered us the ability to, to give the consumer a choice. And depending on your, your use cycle, if, uh, if you need this for, for savings like many families and others do uh, for a variety of use of the product, that, that offers them a choice to decide whether to upcharge to that product or not. What is the option cost on the V8 for this uh -huh. system? So in the form of the, the pricing components, uh, the V6 is base powertrain with right. no charge uh, for that activity. And then there's a $1,100 uh, upcharge for the Hemi. Okay. And then uh, e-torque on top of that is $1,450. Right. And does that, does that uh, option cost cover the cost of the system? 
Well, I, I don't know this that I can... This system looks very sophisticated. It looks like it's... I don't know expensive. that I can give a, a lot of the details on, right. on all of the, uh, the product no content there. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, w what we can say is that uh, the, the product has been optimized to, to allow us to, to maintain a product of this type in a right. high-volume application. Right. And, Brian, I know it's your job to engineer them, not necessarily market them, but I'm intrigued that instead of calling it a hybrid, you're, uh, it's been branded as eTorque. Uh, can you give us any reasoning behind that? Sure. So w w with any technology that's new, uh, you know, getting much like our Hemi that, you know, it sells itself. The name, you don't have to describe it now. That brand is is important. That was one of the things that our our, uh, our brand areas of the program really wanted to focus on is, is being able to give it a name. But at the same time, my job was to make it seamless and transparent to the to ownership experience. So that, that offered us a does-it-make-sense naming convention where it's electrified. It adds some torque in the form of the initial uh, auto-starting behavior, and it, it resonated well with, uh, you know, giving it a, a voice when my, my job's ultimately to make it transparent at, at and the dealership level, though, At the dealership level, how does a salesman sell it? In other words, he's got a customer that comes in, and he says, you know, you seem more like an e-torque customer, so you should take the e-torque V8 versus the, the conventional V8. How, how, would, how would the salesman sell that? Well, I, I think much like they would sell any product, and, and it's, a, it's an element of contrast in the form of, uh, you Do know, back with, the, back or? With, with the Hemi. Of course, you can drive them. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're skeptical, it's, right. you know, check out whether or not the start quality is acceptable. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, if it's a function of, you know, do you, do you ultimately want the, the product that provides you the best efficiency, if mm. that's an important thing okay. of interest, I think there's so a play a there. There's a fuel economy advantage, and there's also a drivability advantage. Right. That's right. Okay. Uh, that's one of the things we focused on, and, and I think you may have uh, had an opportunity to drive them. That's mm -hmm. one of the things that uh, really allowed us an additional actuator to make all of these mm -hmm. transitions that Smoother. more better, right. Right? That, right? that much more better. I've that's driven <laughs> uh, the Ram truck with right. the Hemi in it, and what I picked up on was in uh, coming f off a stop sign or a red light or in stop and go traffic. I barely just had to touch the accelerator to get the truck moving. Mm. And instead of having to mash it down and it kicks down and it revs up. And so I, I wonder, was that part of it? And then uh, Bob Gritzinger and I earlier this year got to drive the two liter version in a Jeep Wrangler. It was significantly faster than the V6 engine. So I I'm wondering, uh, what, what's the difference between those two systems? One seems to be uh, almost boosting the engine. Uh, the other seems to be adding a lot more torque. Well, I think there's a lot to do with the, the torque uh, shaping that exists within mm. the product. All of these electrified systems add, had, have an element of the ability to manage how far do you go, right? And uh, trying to play to the, the product goals and the, mm -hmm. the customer experiences, that's one of the areas where... You know, the Jeep has uh, a little bit different shifter functionality, for instance, than the well, Ram. You're, and you're filling in for turbo lag. 
Right, and that's, that's really the you know the difference is uh, you know there's got to be no compromise with these mm. systems. You're paying extra; they should give you something extra, and that's one of those places where the the two liter is a wonderful engine and and uh, you know improvement to our product line. And uh, the e-torque motor offers that that fill that blending opportunity that uh, wasn't really a, a strong necessity in our normally aspirated systems. Right. That, uh, uh, to Jack's point, how do you sell e-torque to a Wrangler buyer? These are people who want simplicity. Bare bones. like <laughs> bare bones. And you're saying uh, we want to, as a standard feature, give you a turbo and electrification. Yeah. Uh, and this is all better. And so uh, what's the, what's the uh, improvement or what does somebody get out of that off-roading, let's say? Well, in, in the form of uh, how the product delivers, uh, the best way to sell them is to drive them. Mm -hmm. That's my yeah. perception, right? I, I, I think that's the easiest way to do it in the form of uh, trying to sell them in the form of buzzwords and, and you know, false claims, whatever. That's, that's an area where we've shied away from. We've simply let the, the product do the talking. Right. I, I would add, too, that I, I think you're right. You know, Wrangler buyers do more off-roading probably than any other yep. vehicle. Any other There's a lot of four-door Sahara versions <laughs> that cruise up and down oh, Fifth right. Avenue sure. in Manhattan. So <laughs> sure. uh, they, they might Rodeo be drive. Yeah, yeah. perfectly satisfied with it. Yeah. Uh, Brian, though, I got another question for you. This is a far more sophisticated system than I realized. I, I thought, oh, mild hybrid. They, they attached mm -hmm. a bolt alternator starter, and that's that. Uh, and you've shown us all different kinds of modes that it can go in. If the battery's uh, fully charged, you can overcool the end, all these things. Have you wrung everything out of it yet, or is there still more to do? Well, this is our first uh, generation of eTorque, and, and uh, you know, for now, this is, uh, this is, you know, the product we're trying to provide and right. claim, you know, victory to. Mm -hmm. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see, you know, how, how much farther we can take uh, any of this uh, is given a little more time to, to develop it. Sounds like you got some ideas of things to pursue. Well, I, I, uh, I like to share that, you know, my history has gone from, you know, when, when I was a kid and my passion is, is a car guy, right? Every car guy wants to make their car better. And, uh, you know, between, uh, you know, 2000, uh, the, the, two, the 2005 window, the, the multiple places within our industry, we've had these pivotal moments. I've had a few of them myself uh, in, in my career. And, and I think we're going to continue to see you know, this evolution. Had you asked me 10 years ago, can this suitcase-sized battery in this right. belted motor on this engine get you, you know, two miles per gallon? I don't know that I would have been up for that. And, <laughs> and I think the future is bright for uh, further extension in that activity. Uh, uh, Real quick. For, for, instance, for instance, like electrification further of the Wrangler, like an e-axle uh, all-wheel drive system powertrain that could be just incredible off-road. Uh, people talk about uh, that they don't want an electrified axle in a Jeep, and I say, have you seen these, these yeah. RC we, cars? We need a quick yes you know. or no. I, I think we'll have to just simply wait and see on the future. Yeah, we're looking Good forward to there, that. Brian. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today's show. Really appreciate thank that. Thank you. And uh, Bob Grutzinger, Jack Keebler, want to thank you guys as well. Thanks, and thanks. as I always do, want to thank all of you for having tuned in. Underwriting for the production of Autoline this week has been provided by Borg Warner. 
The world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. We create innovative mobility technologies that reduce energy consumption and emissions while improving performance. Our proven track record has made us an industry leader in forward-looking propulsion solutions for combustion, hybrid, and electric vehicles.